Welcome into the CHGO Bears podcast training camp edition, our recap show of the Bears' first practice of training camp 2022, presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. What's going on, Bears fans? Adam Hogue with you. And if you're watching on YouTube, the very awkward uh, duo together. Um, the shot of them, I feel like, is awkward. They're not awkward. They're fine. Will DeWitt, Nicholas Moriano, both here today because they're both in practice. Guys, what's going on? Nothing much, Adam. We make it work, though, in one screen. You have to figure it out, but... Yeah, we're both here. Yeah, I think it's only as awkward as you make it, and you made it hella awkward here to start yeah. this show, Adam, but it's all right. Well, I like to embrace the awkwardness, so that's why I pointed it out. I mean, you <laughs> got to, you, you have to acknowledge things that are, that are real. It, it would have been, been more awkward <laughs> if I, it would have been more awkward if I didn't acknowledge it, because we've never done a show like this, and it's cool. As long as you guys sound good, people listening to the podcast won't even care or know that you guys are pretty much shoulder to shoulder and a very knee tight knee area. Yeah, they, they've bumped together a couple times under it's the tight, desk. It's yeah. a tight space back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, we are here and there was a practice today. We're going to break it down and we are going to start pretty much every day. We hope with um, the best and worst thing we saw today. So I'll just kick it around to you guys. What was the best thing that you saw? Will you made it up? For the, for the first practice, why don't you kick us off? Heck yeah. So the best thing that I saw today came from Bayless Jones Jr. in one-on-one -on -one drills inside of the red zone. He had a rep against Kyler Gordon, uh, mano e mano over on the left side of the field, and he did a double move, faked inside, went out, totally put Gordon on skates, and he had an easy completion for a touchdown down there. And for a guy that I know a lot of people have skepticism on, seeing him be able to make a nice move like that to get himself open uh, to me, it was probably the best thing I saw today. And we can admit here, guys, like we weren't able to see a lot to do the fact that they practice like over a hundred yards away from us here today. Uh, but what I was able to at least see that was the best one. Uh, how about the worst? Can I just do the same play, but the other player, Kyler Gordon, <laughs> uh, oh. being, you know, falling down on that route, trying to cover him, and just got a little bit fooled uh, on the move. So great for Valus. Poor for Kyler Gordon, and it's a good learning moment for the DB, and I'm sure it gives Bayless some good confidence. But, yeah, I'll just use the same play with the other player. I like that, Will. I'm going to go completely different here, you guys. It doesn't even really have to do with the Bears' practice. But the best thing I saw today was a Justin Fields high school jersey in the stands that I was in. I'm like, does that say Hoya? So it was a Justin Fields jersey from high school. I'm like, that is a dedicated Bears fan right there, repping Justin Fields all the way from back when. And then staying in the stands there, there was a poor kid who dropped his AirPods underneath the stands, and oh. he eventually got them back. Uh, Zach Pierce from Bear Report was actually able to talk with some of the Bears people there, and they were able to retrieve that lost AirPod. So it wasn't even the practice, but just what was happening in where we were watching practice. All right, for me, the best thing I saw today was the Highland Park Giants out there at practice. Uh, Highland Park's high school football team, was part of the community day. Uh, I think the Bears probably sent an attendance record today for a closed practice, by the way. Oh, yeah. Sure seemed like that was an open <laughs> practice, but okay. Um, you know, we could follow the rules. It's all good. But, yeah, that was awesome seeing uh, not only the Highland Park football team, but all the community groups out there. It's really cool that the Bears do that. Um, and then the worst thing I saw today was 
just our view at practice. Like, it, 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 I'm trying not to complain about it, but it was frustrating. Like, I want to watch practice. They were on the other side half the time. They had the like the whole team that wasn't in just blocking off, and it wasn't just us. All those great people they had at practice couldn't see either. So, yo, it is what it is. I, it's hard to like break down what the plays were today because we didn't see a whole lot. We just we were mainly limited to the individual drills, um, and when the a lot of that was the offensive line being down right towards us. So a key observation from that, at least with the offensive line. So when the bears were uh, in their team stuff at the far end where we couldn't really see the one thing we could sort of see as you piece it together from play to play is that the offensive line was basically the same that we saw in OTAs. There was one key thing I saw though, when they would come back, back down towards us and they were kind of doing more like walkthrough stuff. Riley reef was in at left tackle with the ones. So I thought that was significant that we talked to Riley Reef after practice and he said basically, yep, he's just ramping it up here for a few days, trying to get the playbook down, trying to get the snap counts down. He thinks it'll take a couple days. I have a feeling by next week when the pads go on, guys, and it sounds like I want to make one correction because I was told that I don't think the pads are going to go on until Monday now, uh, not Saturday, that um, I, I have a feeling Riley Reef's going to be the number one left tackle like right away. Yeah, I think so too, Adam. Um, he was asked, and we got to talk to Riley Reed today. He was asked about, you know, is, if does he have a chance to start on this line? He, you know, he said he does. It's obviously going to be finding the best five there, but yeah, and he said preference left tackle. He, we did say on yesterday's podcast, Adam, that he did play majority at right tackle for the Cincinnati Bengals, but feels best at that left tackle position. But yeah, come next week when the pads are fully on. Yeah, I think that he'll also be there. It just kind of feels like a formality right now. He was literally just signed the other day, so he has to get acclimated. But he said, I think he told us in the presser, give me one or two days and I'll know the plays, the play calls, and the whole playbook pretty much. So testament to his ability to kind of pick it up on the fly. He's mentioned he's played in similar systems throughout his career. And then I don't know if you saw this too, Adam, but on the opposite side, they did have Mark Schofield also lining up with the ones on the right side during walkthroughs as well. So both the new guys at right guard. first team reps. Yes, sir. And yeah. right on the right guard. Yeah. So still Larry Borman, right tackle. Just want to clarify that. Um, yep. And uh, where was that comment? I just saw it. Uh, Cache says that y'all need binoculars. Just want to point out Nick had binoculars. Okay. They're bigger than his head. They're the biggest binoculars <laughs> I've ever seen. Um, I. Rookie move. I should know better. I forgot my binoculars because I changed my bag like recently. And I, I think they're actually my old bag sitting right here. They might even be right here, uh, which does not help me when I don't have that. That's right. I'll jump so. in. I, you know, I feel like yeah. fans don't realize how hard teams make it for you to actually see anything when you're invited to practice as members of the media. I, I was starting to tell the story before we started how, I covered the Sugar Bowl a few years ago when uh, Urban Meyer's Ohio State Buckeyes were there, and they like they like corral the media in the you know back in the backs you know whatever in Sugar Dome whatever Sugar Dome what am I calling it Super Dome and Super. like <laughs> they finally let you out and y'all rush out there to try and get a good spot between like the 40s right on the sideline, and then you look out there, and they are at the goal line far side just all doing nothing and you're like we're supposed to shoot B roll we have. Uh, that means, you know, video of the guys for like 10 minutes. We get 10 minutes and they're just like a hundred yards away. And you're like, is that Cardell Jones? Is that Ezekiel Elliott? I have no idea. Where are these people? Whatever. And then the dumber thing was they actually did break and come around to, to do 
actual practice things. And again, they have a whole giant football field. They made us move back from our little small area because they had to, you know, run these little routes with the corners. I was like, come on, man. And then, you know, then he kicked out 50 minutes later. So football teams, you know, whatever, whatever. They don't want to show anything to anyone. Lame. Yeah. And I get that. I I mean, I sort of do get it to a certain standpoint, but when you have, and my guess is today actually wasn't like schemed that way. I think it was more so like when these coaches are planning practice, I don't think they're thinking about necessarily where the stands are because I I sort of get that if those just the media is at practice, but like when you have fans there, you don't want to make it hard for the fans to see. So I think that today was just more of like a, accident because the coaches aren't thinking like oh we should be at that end zone not this end zone yeah a lot of it also has to do with just where the cameras are so that they can film it properly um but nonetheless it is um what everything you just said lawrence is true because a lot of times they do make it very hard especially at that college level with uh yeah the paranoia tends to be really high very lame that's all Um, I'll, i'll get out of the way no it's all good you don't need to uh i do want to also because there was a name that crossed today that I felt like we needed to bring back bear or not a bear (laughs) bear or not a bear guys. The name is CJ Avery. I know the answer to that one. Will, do you know it? I'm going to assume it's not a bear. No, it's a bear. It's a bear. bear. I don't know why I know that, but yeah. Wait, so are we doing like old, people like from the past and like they played or not like i haven't been a part of this segment before no currently on the roster this is why this is fun (laughs) so i said no because i thought he wasn't going to make the team so i thought the answer is going to be like he won't make the team so not a bear so i i know the name that's why i was so confused when you're like oh he is a bear like you think he's making the team okay by the way it's okay Okay. if you don't know that he's not a bear that's the whole point of the game it's weird look we're it's okay um, CJ Avery, linebacker, six foot, two thirty, uh, rookie out of Louisville. But yeah, that was the uh, name that crossed today. That I was like, wait, bear or not a bear? Sponsored by, I don't know who. We gotta that get a dog looking bear <laughs> that is on the screen right now. Is that it? You know, this is gonna be like the week to do it too, because as we keep going to these practices, we're gonna know this roster. So like, this is the week where we gotta just bring it out. Bear, yeah. not a bear. Right, right. Do it. Um, and one of the reasons why I wanted to bring up bear, not a bear, because for the first time since I've covered the team, at least, they put the names on the back of their practice jerseys. So, which is very helpful for a roster with all these new guys that it's hard to keep track of who's what number. And while it's our jobs to know that, those fans that show up casually, um, like they're not going to know what all the numbers are. So to put the names on the back of the jerseys, I think is very helpful. Kudos to the bears for doing that. Um, very not helpful for bear or not a bear, because if you're trying to play bear, or not a bear at <laughs> practice, and you just see the name there on the guy's Jersey, that makes it too easy to play. So that's the now, downside of it. It would have an impact if they were close enough to read the names. I, <laughs> I think that would be helpful, but you said it, Adam. I've been going to Bears camps since 2002, give or take, mm-hmm. and they've never had names on the back of their jerseys at practice. So that was like the very first thing that I noticed when they uh, when we walked over to the field this morning. But ideally, it can help some fans. It can help us identify players if they're close enough. 
Um, and I just want to clarify because I just quickly checked um, and got confirmation on this. I, I want to correct it. The first padded practice is Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday, August 2nd. So if you're coming out to practice before that or if you haven't been coming out and practice on the 2nd, you win because the 2nd is when the pads will go on. And in my mind, that's when training camp really starts. So there you go. There's your answer on that one. All right. Um, plenty of news we got to get to, guys. Even though we couldn't see a ton on the practice field, we'll have some nuggets here and there. But the big news dropped this morning before practice even started, and that was Roquan Smith going on PUP, pup list, physically unable to perform. Very interesting. Um, we kind of knew he wasn't, based on the reports, wasn't planning on practicing. Uh, he is there. He did report to Hallis. This appears to be a hold-in situation. But unless I'm missing something, I have not seen one of these hold-in situations where the player gets put on pup. Now, I was trying to figure this out. Like, he was practicing just fine before. Mm-hmm. Did he suffer some type of injury? The head coach is not going to tell us the details of that. But I did. I was also part of me was wondering, well, like, did he refuse to take his physical? And can that get you on pup? No, Matt Eberflew said he took his physical and going on pup was a result of that physical. So, okay. I mean, the good news is it opens up a roster spot in the meantime. Like, that's why the pup list is healthy. You can take a guy who's not able to practice at the start of camp, put him on pup. It opens up a roster spot. Um, One thing to keep in mind, you can come off pup at any time during the preseason. Training camp, Mm -hmm. anytime they can make that decision. So... Uh, you just have to clear the roster spot then. Make sure that there is an open roster spot to activate them. But, okay, there it is. Yeah, he starts on pup, but Matthew Adams had the first opportunity to start alongside Nicholas Morrow. Today he was the first one in all the linebacker drills. I got to, you know, just I was right in front of, right behind, just kind of watching to see who was going to take the place. And Matthew Adams being that guy who was in Indianapolis, basically a special teamer, he was the guy that kind of stepped up and was the Roquan Smith for the day, quote-unquote there. But him and Nicholas Morrow were the inside backers for the practice, and who knows how long that's going to last, and we'll have to just wait and see. And with the responsibilities being different uh, in this defense between you know Will and Mike, the inside guys, and Sam being that strong backer, which we all thought Matthew Adams was kind of pegged for here, I'm just interested to see if this drags on long enough, if they still have to find reps for Adams on the outside in that Sam spot, just to get him in a position, getting him those reps before we actually get to some game uh, time coming up in a month. But yeah, no Roquan today. I don't know if I buy it personally about the whole physical thing or not. That's what we've been told. Uh, But, you know, my BS detector was maybe going off a bit, but mm, it is what it is, I guess, at this stage. Yeah. A couple things here coming in from the comments. One, uh, Unless I'm missing something completely, this has nothing to do with not getting fined. He reported to camp. He's here. So there's no fine for not showing up. Uh, he's still in meetings. It's he would not, mm-hmm. you know, there's this has nothing to do with fines unless there's something I'm completely, completely missing. Um, and what was the other thing that came in here? Uh, so it's not about the fines. And. Well, there's one comment here, like, why are we hanging on the negative thing? This is the news item of the day. Is the best player on defense going on publish. We're just trying to figure it out. So I don't really understand what people are hanging on negatively here. Um, 
in fact, we're all kind of in the camp of Roquan Smith should get paid. Uh, these are the things, the business things that happen sometimes at the start of camp. So I don't think there's anything negative here at all. Um, but it's just weird. Oh, TJ Watt. Someone mentioned TJ Watt. Is, I, I don't think TJ Watt was on PUP last year. He was on PUP in 2019 when he actually had an injury. But last year when he was doing a hold-in, I don't think they put him on PUP. So um, I don't think that that's the, the thing. It, look, I think if both sides agree to it, I think it's okay. And maybe that's what happened here. Um, just in the meantime, it opens up a roster spot. So, hey, if you're not going to practice, do us a favor. I don't, I don't know. I don't know the details. No one's, no one's talking about it. But um, it's honestly just like a procedural move. Maybe it's a little loophole that opens up a roster spot for the Bears. It's not, definitely not a bad thing if he's not going to practice. So uh, it's just it's certainly interesting. The Bears' best defensive player. Wants a new contract. He probably deserves a new contract, but they're not seeing eye to eye on the exact number of that contract. Right. And I know Eberflus told us after practice that even though Roquan is not practicing, he's still staying highly engaged in these meetings. He expects him to still be that he is a leader of this defense and he's still going to embody that leadership role, even though he's not on the practice field and mentioned multiple times that he's a pro. And I think we can all agree that Roquan, if there's any player in defense that doesn't need to have a full training camp, it's Roquan Smith. Uh, you know, keep him healthy. It's a long season war of attrition and playing that will backer spot, which was confirmed this morning. Uh, I saw Nick's tweet about that over on the Molly and Hanley show with him playing that will backer and having to almost, you know, be a tackling machine yet again for this team. Like, you know, saving his body right now is not a bad thing. Good point. Thank you. <laughs> All <Roquan>. right. <laughs> yep. We can move on from Roquan. We'll have to wait All and right. see what ends up happening with him. Moving on from Roquan. Real quick, do want to tell you, though, that the uh, best way to help us out at CHGO and support us is to download the PointsBet app. Use code CHGO when you sign up. And if you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. And that's not it, because if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you will receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. And you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. Any questions, email us at PointsBet. Email us, PointsBet at allchgo.com. We will help you out. Your home for live in-play betting just got even better. See If you happen to see an edge in the game you're watching or if your favorite team is primed for a comeback, well, you don't just have to watch the game. You can bet along with it live, follow along with your bets the moment they hit and stay in the live action all game long. Download the points bet app right now. Use promo code CHGO. What are you waiting for? It is time to elevate your live betting game. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. Chicago sports fans, your home for the best Chicago sports coverage is partnering with a leader in sports merchandise and collectibles. CHGO has partnered up with FOCO to secure your access to the best collectibles and gear around. Whether it's Bears, Cubs, White Sox, Blackhawks, Bulls, FOCO will have something for you, your kid, a friend, or that loved one. Looking to get some new gear and collectibles? Training camp has started. You can get some new Bears gear. FOCO has officially licensed gear for men, women, and kids with everything from bobbleheads to swimsuits to those Crocs that you love to wear. FOCO has got you covered with the best Chicago merchandise of all your favorite teams. Head on over to FOCO.com or click the link below in the YouTube description for all non-presale items. Use the code 
CHGO for 10% off. All right. Well, while Roquan Smith is in his Holden pup situation, uh, very interesting kind of on the other side of the spectrum, uh, Robert Quinn, he's there, he's practicing. Seemed like a guy who didn't want to be traded after practice. Mm -hmm. uh, I love Robert Quinn. He is just, he is so interesting. The way he talks, trying to stay positive all the time. Uh, and it's like, well, well, why weren't you there for mandatory minicamp? I was just taking care of my body. Then Jason Leisure followed up. So you're just w willing to pay the fine and yeah, <laughs> no big deal. You know, like not trying to cause a distraction, just taking care of myself at my point in the in my career. Now he's here. Sounds like a guy who wants to be here. I still don't know if that's going to be the case because if you're the Bears and you get the right offer eventually because somebody gets hurt on a team that's trying to win the Super Bowl, maybe you still make that move. Um, and it seemed like, Rob, to me, Robert Quinn came off like a guy who's willing to accept that and understand that that, that might happen but he's also happy here right now being a bear and showing up to work. Yeah. And he, he mentioned like the defense was a big reason why he feels, you know, good about being here. Just that familiarity, what he, what he knows the coaching staff's going to ask of him and what he needs to do in this four, three defense. He mentioned that was one of the things that he enjoyed. And he also said like, yeah, I don't, he's tired of getting trades or even traded twice, but he gets it. It's a business. And that's what he kept bringing up when, you know, he was asked about the questions about the trade rumors and whether or not he wanted to be a Chicago Bear. But he gets it. It, it happens. To, it can literally happen to anyone. It happened, to, it happened obviously, to Cleo Mack. It's happened to him before. But he did mention that this defense was one of the pluses of being able to stay here in Chicago. Yeah. And I know actually watching him on the field during some defensive line drills, he looked as quick as ever. Uh, they had one drill when they're pretty much just like batting down multiple pads as they get to like a quarterback and then bend around it and try to slap that football out. And we, we've seen Quinn do that plenty of time on Sundays. And out of all the defensive linemen that took part of that drill when I was watching, by far the smoothest guy you know, operating throughout the whole thing. So even though he hasn't been around all offseason, he looks like he's in shape, he's ready to go. And the other thing he mentioned, and I just want to bring it up here real quick, is some good praise for Travis Gibson, you know, a young player on this team saying that he's looking more confident in himself and he has his own aspirations for bigger things. And I know we've all talked about him on his podcast a lot as someone that could take another huge step forward. And I think Quinn being able to kind of, you know, see that confidence in Travis Gibson right now should only, you know, lead to good things to come. Yeah. Um, and that was a case where I, uh, I kind of wish we had talked more football with Robert Quinn, you know, like once we got over past the trade stuff, cause, um, but we learned last year, he can be pretty accessible and hopefully we'll get to talk to him here again soon. But, um, cause he did win the media good guy award. I, cause w when you started hearing him talk about like how he fits in the scheme, which is no surprise, we've seen him in a four, three before, but just, he seemed like a guy who was excited about, being in this scheme um, and doing damage in this scheme. And then to hear him talk about Travis Gibson, suddenly with Robert Quinn there, Al-Qaeda Muhammad there, um, who still needs to prove himself, Travis Get Gibson, Dominique Robinson as like the rookie piece that you're, you're hoping to see. And I saw a little bit of speed on him and the limited one-on-ones they, they were able to do today, even without pads. Um, the, the pass rush isn't, 
that bad to me. I mean, I because I think Travis Gibson's already a starting caliber player, and so there's some depth there too. As long as Robert Quinn's still on the team, I think. Yeah, I know Justin Jones talked about like for this defense to work, you need your edge rushers to be effective as well. Like obviously he has a lot of there's a lot of focus on Justin Jones being the disruptors of three tech, but when we spoke with him the other day, he said. We need the edge guys to also put pressure on the quarterback. That makes this whole entire defensive line work. And the more depth the Bears will have on this line, if Robert Quinn is part of this team, you know, it just doesn't help the defense, but it helps the entire team. You can get more takeaways. You can help Justin Fields get more opportunities. So, yeah, if you look at it with Robert Quinn, Travis Gibson, all these guys that we just talked about, that ends up being a strength for this defense and ultimately a strength for the team. Yeah, I think what we did count on the camp, our confidence meters for like the defensive line was pretty high uh, for both of us. And I feel confident about the defensive ends making some good pass rush. My big question, and we won't know until probably the season, but we'll have a better idea next week when the pass come on, it's going to be that interior defensive line. Can they generate push? Can they get into the backfield? Because to me, those are the question marks, both inside tackle positions. I know Angelo Blackson was a good player last year. Can he step up into a bigger role playing with a slightly different responsibility? We said the same thing about Tonga as well, but outside of feeling great inside, uh, I'm at a wait-and-see mode. If Kyrus, to me, Kyrus Tonga is kind of like that X factor in what you're talking about on that D line, because if he, he's pretty much been a nose tackle and like was in a 30 front two and he was at BYU. So this is pretty new to him to be in a 40 front, but if he takes to it and, you know, can show that he can get through gaps and get into the backfield, penetrate through those gaps, all of a sudden the depth in there looks pretty good too. And he's, and, and I think that like right now, that's just all speculation. I think he's one of the first people that I cannot wait to see once the pads go on and we see some of those rushes, uh, how that's working in this scheme. But all of a sudden, I think that that's, that could be a big answer you have because right now, like you look at that interior and you're looking at veterans and you're kind of wondering where's that, I'm not saying Tonga's going to be a superstar, but he played pretty damn well for a rookie in a different scheme. He didn't. He had uh, There was a couple one-on-one reps I was kind of monitoring, and Tonga went up against uh, Sam Mustafer and, you know, that, that bull rush, using that weight against a smaller size offensive line like Sam Mustafer, he got the best of him on, on that rep at least. So you're seeing what he can, you know, potentially do. But, yeah, he's a force inside, and we'll have to see. He needs more opportunities for sure to kind of showcase what he's really about. All right. Well, in some ways today was weird because it felt like a, a free agency day in March with all the new players that were walking in there. Um, because the other three players we talked to, we were talking to for the first time at Chicago Bears. Uh, I want to start with the offensive lineman before we talk to or talk about Nikhil Harry. We'll save that for the, the last segment. But um, stood out to me, Riley Reef comes in. We talked to it, about, talked about him a little bit off the top. Um, Michael Schofield comes in. I think that there's a very good chance that by next week, when those pads go on, that we're talking about both of those guys being in the first team, especially in um, Reef's case, because he's not really replacing anybody that's been here. Mustafer, at least. However you think about him, Sam Mustafer was a starter last year, even though he's in a different spot now. They might give him a little bit more room to continue to prove himself before they make that move and maybe holds on to it. I don't know, but um, 
regardless, I think the, the more I looked into these additions, they make sense. And you heard it, especially I thought when Michael Schofield was talking today, guys, because when we we're talking about schematic fit, he was talking about how similar, similar this offense, that was actually interesting. He said it is like basically the same as a Kubiak offense, other than like some very specific wording here and there. Um, and then you talk about how Riley Reefs played in Minnesota under that same type of offense um, where Kubiak was. I, I think they clearly targeted two guys. In Schofield's case, he was going back to his Denver days, but they targeted two guys that know this offense, have worked in this offense before, even if they aren't like the top-tier offensive linemen at their position, they were affordable to come in here in July, and they fit here very, very well. Yeah, Riley Reef was talking about just with the scheme specifically, and we've heard Luke Getty talk about everybody. Chris Morgan likes he mentioned like tempo with the offensive lineman, how that's going to be a key thing, playing hard and fast. I think Eberflus is always mentioning the the playing hard and intensity in practice, but uh, just anytime you get on the ball, you play fast. So that was an emphasis that Riley Reef was kind of talking about, and how the scheme could be beneficial for him and just the offensive linemen that are here. And he was you know talking up some of the younger tackles on this roster too. And again, I don't know if he was like just gassing him up because he's a newcomer here, or if he actually fully believes that they all have potential talking about Larry Borum, Tevin Jenkins, Braxton Jones mentioned that their athleticism, you know, immediately stood out to him. Uh, but Riley Reef, I love when he was talking about that tempo. It gets me excited about what may come out of this Bears offense being one that plays with a sense of urgency as well. And then with Schofield, we got so many good nuggets about him growing up as a Bears fan. Uh, Marty Booker being his first jersey. I'm assuming Kyle Orton, he thought it was his first jersey. Then I remember Booker's. Maybe that was his second jersey uh, as well. And they asked about, like, hey, being a Bears fan growing up, like, what do you recall? And the very first thing that came out of his mouth was Devin Hester's touchdown in the Super Bowl off that kickoff return. Uh, so those were already earning, you know, points in my book, you know, for a player that I want to root for, just hearing some of those come out right away. But like you said, Adam, next week, it'd be very surprising if both of them were not in the starting lineup. I just love that he was team Kyle Orton. <laughs> Neckbeard, baby. Schofield was Orton. I mean, because the back in the day, that's you had to be team Rex or team Orton. You couldn't be. You had to pick one side. It was like Cubs or Sox. Like that. Mm-hmm. That was that was the thing. Uh, I was Team Orton all the way. Not afraid to say it. Yeah, same here. I have a Grossman jersey, so well, maybe I'll Team Rex. I know, right? <laughs> and I got an autograph at training camp by like Kyle like Orton. Nick's. That's the weird thing. <laughs> yeah. Kyle Orton signed it. That's the, that's the only way that this would make sense, Adam. You're right. But, no, I just pay homage to Kyle Orton whenever I grow out the beard and it just kind of comes down to the neck area. Like, I always get well, for years on this podcast with uh-huh. the streams, like, hey, is that Kyle Orton hosting a Bears podcast? Like, man. You know, as a guy who gets told that they look like a quarterback from the NFC North, uh, maybe that's our Halloween costume for both of us. Hey, that could be, be neck beard. And I'll, I'll be... talk to Schofield and I'll try to get that jersey. Yeah, some someone earlier in the chat asked if I was going to be wearing a uh, – the tank top today. No, sorry. <laughs> you should have. That would have been great. I still think you need to. No, thanks. Mm-hmm. Not a good look underneath the shirts. Mm-hmm. Not a good look, but it's a good bit. Be a good contribution. Good content, right? To the show. That's what we're, that's what we're about. Make I mean, good content. You got to put content over personal. But I cut the hair. Look, I cut the hair. I know. That was an art thing. Why'd you do that? I looked like a crazy person, so... 
Again, though, it was good content. Like, I don't care if you're walking down the street to get one of those sandwiches that you're then eating in front of us when we're all hungry. And then people look at you like you're a homeless person. Like, it was good content for the show. Uh, look at me like a very rich quarterback. Just yeah. about a foot shorter. <laughs> you see Alex's comment here? It, uh, he said someone can go as the family member who actually likes him. Uh, <laughs> wow. Damn, damn, Alex. Oof. That was... That was... Yeah. No one likes that man. That was a low blow. He sucks. <laughs> Somewhat true and harsh at the same time. I like yeah. it. Um, all right. Should we move on to Nikhil Harry then? Let's move on to Nikhil Harry. What, what do we got here, you guys, from the guy who's a uh, clean slate, right? Really talked talk that up about having a new opportunity here in Chicago. Jumped out of bed when, when he heard that he got traded. So he, can he I just excited. have a point? Do you think I would have jumped out of bed for any team? True. <laughs> Cause I'm like the bears. You're jumping out of your bed because you went on the bears. Is that right? Or yeah. yeah I, fill in the blank with the team. I think I wanted out of new England so bad. Like I loved when you got asked, like, did you request a trade last year? Yeah. Everybody knows I requested a trade last year. <laughs> that was like the greatest answer ever. Yes. No, he didn't want to be in new England. It didn't matter who he, where he got traded to, he would have jumped out of bed and been happy about it. No, I appreciated him just being upfront with it and not trying to, you know, beat around the bush there. This is like obviously like all of our first time being in the same room with Nikhil Harry, but I was surprised like how soft spoken yet confident uh, that he is as a person and as a player. And uh, I know that you mentioned the clean, you know, the fresh slate. I think he like really, really is excited about it and looking forward to his chances here making this roster. He mentioned it as a golden opportunity for every receiver on this roster, and it's up to like who wants it more. And he knows he brings that different skill set to the Chicago Bears and some of the other guys on this team right now, being that bigger bodied receiver. And he was asked like, "Hey, like, what do you do best? Like, uh, we all know we've heard about this run blocking since you've been traded. Like, what do you do best as a receiver?" He's like, I just go up and get the ball. And that's, you know, a skill set that we do need that bigger body receiver to go up and get it. And then uh, I loved one of the quotes that he had about, like, what are your goals of this training camp? He's like, dominate. I just want to show how dominant I can be. And having that alpha attitude and, you know, still having the belief because his time in New England was rough. And for him to still have that confidence in himself and believes he can be that you know, dominant type of receiver, that possession type here in Chicago, uh, it's exciting right now. And we'll see if it all pans out. But he's he's talking the talk. We'll see if he's actually going to walk the walk here. Nikhil Harry's wearing number eight, by the way. Had a number of questions on that. He was given jersey number eight, Nikhil Harry. Oh, I can repurpose my Grossman jersey. Perfect. <laughs> here's okay look i think there was a lot to like about what he said today you talk to people in new england they're like there's a 0.0 percent chance this guy works out in chicago which is fine you know and i probably would have told the people uh what was the first stop that kevin white made after chicago i know he ended up in the cardinals can't remember if that was same. regardless i would have said the same thing i would have been like sorry it's not gonna work OK, um, so we'll see. Well, we'll like, like you said at the end, well, he's got to show it. I thought, though, that the one notable, the one very notable thing that he said about his game besides, yeah, I can go up and get it. I mean, we've seen his college highlights. We know that's what he used to do at Arizona State, which is why he went where he did and was a first round pick. 
but his willingness to block. And it wasn't just when he was asked at the end by Mark Carmen, Hey, how much do you like blocking? And he's like, I love it. It was earlier when he was asked about his fit in the offense. He, I think he mentioned blocking before anything mm-hmm. else. So, yep. and we've talked about this earlier in the off season about how, regardless of what you feel about how good these wide receivers like Byron Pringle might be, these are guys that have good run blocking grades that are known for being good run blockers. So not the top priority. They obviously need guys who can catch the ball from Justin Fields too and help out the quarterback. But when you talk about this run scheme and I think we're learning more and more every day, how much they're going to be reliant on it. That's one of the reasons why I think Nikhil Harry was targeted. Yeah, no doubt. Um, the, again, he is like Will was saying, it's a golden opportunity for all these guys. But if that's the way he can separate himself, and obviously we know Byron Pringle can be a good blocker as well, that'll get you on the field. Just doing the simple things, right? Doing the simple things will get you on the field. And Nikhil, Nikhil Harry has to do that to prove to his coaching staff that he's willing to do like the dirty work in order to be in this offense. He's willing to do it. And then one more tidbit that I just appreciated was like his mindset of like what motivates him because he was asked like, you know, do you want to prove the haters wrong? And he's like, no, I want to prove the believers right. And you don't really hear that too often. So that was one that stood out to me as well. Well, did you guys notice any plays with him today? I saw him catch a football. (laughs) <laughs> okay, but again, and no judgment to anybody if he didn't because we couldn't see much. Um, but I just, I, I think, I think there was one point where someone was like, "Hey, Nikhil Harry caught that ball." Maybe that was you, Will. I think that was you. Probably was. Yeah. I was. I was trying to point out, you know, when Cole Komet drops a pass in the end zone, make sure you knew about that. Uh, he did catch one. I made sure to point that one out too. But yeah, Harry caught one and like an outbreaking route on the right side of the field. It, again, it was just one-on-one drills. Nothing that I even jotted down. It just made me check my roster sheet. Like, who's number eight again? Oh, that's the number that Nikhil Harry got. And that's how I remembered that exact play. Uh, do you guys want me to let our audience and our listeners know uh, about our next sponsor real quick before we move on to the final segment? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so of course, like I'm here and I have to tell you about Owen, which stands for only what you need. Owen is a 100% plant-based protein shake that gives you nutrition that works as hard as you do. All of their products are free of artificial ingredients. It's allergen-friendly, no gluten, no dairy, and it's easily digestible. Uh, you know, we've heard about Owen from quarterback Justin Fields, who follows a plant-based diet. And I've been using it for years as a post-workout drink. I have, you know, some allergies when it comes to other protein shakes. And for me, when I found Owen and I was able to drink it, get the protein in my body and not have like the stomach issues after the fact and the stomach aches and pretty much being out of commission for the rest of the day, like I was so happy uh, to find it. And then when you look into all the natural ingredients they use too, it just makes me feel really comfortable about what I'm putting in my body. And Owen and CHGO, we have partnered to give you an awesome offer. You can get 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com with the code CHGO20. That's CHGO20 for 20 percent off your first purchase at liveowen.com so join me and nick and justin fields and try owen only what you need i see ben's place here in the comments uh owen is great stuff if you haven't tried it give it a shot definitely do but will you also mentioned chgo when you were talking about owen and chicago sports fans if you aren't a member of our chgo family like what are you waiting for bears training camp has started we're going live after every practice and giving you the best coverage 
that is around right now. So members will have access to all of our premium content from all of our great writers. You also get a free t-shirt of your choice when you become a member. You also get access to the members-only Discord, the CHGO Lounge. And, of course, we do have podcasts and live shows on every single team. It's not just the Bears here. You have a Chicago sports team that you like, we got it. So it's every team, every single day. So you have to make sure you check that out. So come join this amazing family that is constantly growing here at CHGO. And, you know, I'm going to jump in because, hey, Saturday you can meet some of us out at Soldier Field, home of the Chicago Bears, and also home of the Chicago Fire. We're doing our official CHGO tailgate at the Waldron Deck at 2 o'clock. There is a soccer doubleheader at Soldier, fire at 4 o'clock against Atlanta United, and then at 7, it's the Red Stars taking on the first-place San Diego Wave and Alex Morgan. Uh, We'll see if Mal Pugh can outscore Morgan. Uh, please join us, sponsored by Revolution Brewing, which means tasty, hazy pitch. Pale Ales will be in attendance. Ooh. Just saying. I love Revolution beer. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I unfortunately will not be able to make that Saturday, but I think it's a really cool event that not only um, – I think it's cool that we're doing a tailgate there, but I think it's cool that they have the Fire and Red Stars playing a doubleheader to begin with yeah. at Soldier Field. Um. And uh, I think it's really cool that Mayor Lightfoot's going to build that stadium for the Chicago Fire and the Red Stars to play in, too. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's going to be awesome out. when that happens. So It actually looked decent, though. Like, no, it did. Kind of looking at it, it, it looked decent, but I'm like, well, the Bears aren't, aren't going to be playing there. So but, nice but, for whoever gets it. No, so but dumb. Nick, that, that's how you know it's not going to happen. Okay? We don't do good stadiums in Chicago. That's just not what uh, we do. Okay? No. Arlington Heights, though? Do they do good stands well, in Arlington Heights? Uh, they had a I nice mean, uh, racetrack there that oh I God, went to I when I was a kid. And I love the racetrack. Yeah, and an adult, so they did that right. Maybe it yeah. continues. Yeah. So, anyway, I hope you guys are, are, if you are able to come out Saturday, please do. That's going to be a cool event, and uh, I'm sorry myself that I'm going to miss it, but um, I think I, I still have my uh, first ever trifecta I cashed. Was that Arlington? Wow. $205. Nineteen Where the hell did you just pull you, that out of? Wow, that was a year before yeah, I was seriously. born. <laughs> no, seriously, where did, did that come you from? you keep like, that right in now? your pocket? I keep it in my <laughs> wallet very randomly. It's, and in fact, okay. it's like three wallets old at this point. I don't know. It was what? kind of a cool moment as like a teenager to hit a $200 trifecta. And so I put it in my wallet yeah. back then. And then like it's just always gone into the next wallet. So... Okay, so that was going to be my next question. You have the same wallet that you had no, when you were no, no, in no. high school? No, no. I mean, it's like I've, I've moved it from a couple wallets in here. Two, three, four wallets. I don't know. So many questions. Know. Name of the horse, Just Like Perfect. And it was a one, two, three trifecta box. $200. That made oh, high school me very happy. Did you actually scout the race? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was actually very good at handicapping horses when I was like 16 through 20. Then why are you producing this show? You should be doing because that. Because I got bad at it is the problem. Uh... I, like, I think I started to overthink it. I don't know. Like, I thought I, I definitely handicapped him. I would read the program and everything. But at some point, it just got too much for me. And then, then I started trying to bet crazier bets. You know, go with what you got. Mm. See, Outlander, he says, he says, I get it. I still have my Phantom Menace movie ticket. <laughs> now that is, 
That is that is something. I in guess. your wallet, wow. though, like I, I understand. Whole, like I have a whole box full of tickets. Yeah, I do too. You yeah. know, like and yeah. credentials. I keep a lot of that stuff. I don't keep any in my wallet. I I don't know. I don't know. There was Casey, by the way. She was just walking in I here. Saw, yeah, Casey yeah, she left. She said, "Oh, I think he's talking to them right now." So, <laughs> all right, Casey, you can come in now. Um, okay. All right, we. I think we're going to try to end these shows most days, like just trying to make sure we're emptying the notebook, other observations from practice, things like that, that we, that we may have missed on earlier. Um, I did notice that we talked about how Valus Jones beat Kyler Gordon. I also noticed the play work where uh, Darnell Mooney beat Kyler Gordon um, for a touchdown in those same drills. So um that was one good thing I saw, at least from the offensive perspective. And I guess not so great that Kyler Gordon was involved in two of those plays, but someone has to lose when somebody else wins. That's why we cover these practices. That's why they do it. It's no big deal. Um, I just, in general, remember I mentioned this, like as just a box that needed to be checked, like Kyler Gordon practicing was just, Okay, good. The Considering the offseason program, he wasn't out there every day after getting drafted. So I thought that that was a good sign. And he worked a little bit in the slot, too, which I thought was an interesting wrinkle. We saw him a little bit outside, a little bit inside. I think more likely he will end up outside, but why not get him a little work there to have that versatility if he could do that? So um, just a little Kyler Gordon nugget from today's practice. Yeah, another player that I noticed that was playing the inside that nickel position, who he hadn't really seen a lot in OTAs, is Tavon Young Jr. So the veteran that they got, uh, who was once the highest paid nickel corner in the league, got a lot of reps at that nickel corner today. Obviously, you know, still in the mix, the competition that they're having there um, at that nickel spot. One of the better plays that I, I saw today involved Jaquan Brisker. There was a pass over the middle of the field. Justin Fields was trying to hit James O'Shaughnessy. But Jaquan Brissard kind of came over the top, knocked the ball down, and was able to, you know, just make the the pass fall incomplete. But it was a good play by the rookie safety, and you know, obviously got that contract sealed up. So making plays already. Yeah, and he's feeling real good because I saw a play down there in the red zone where he actually came away with an interception. Didn't see who threw it. Didn't see who was covering. All I saw was number nine catching a football and running my direction. And that was the only note I got uh, over there. Uh, outside of that, I just wanted to make sure to mention that when we talk about the offensive line and we expect new guys to be, you know, thrust into it next week, Ibraflutz was still very non-committal today in terms of like saying that any of these spots are locked down, like people could shift. So Lucas Patrick, Cody Whitehair, like, Hey, are they your starting center and left guard? And Ibraflutz said, eh, like it depends on some guys. If they rise up, people can move in, people can move out. So just wanted to mention, like, we're still very, you know, non-committal and I think you're keeping all options open uh, up front. Although I, I think the whole panel here would agree that those two are pretty much solid lockdown positions, but just wanted to mention uh, that at least the bears aren't committing to anything, or at least telling us they are uh, at this moment. But outside of that, I wanted to mention punt returning. You saw Eddie Jackson, you know, taking some, feeling some punch yeah. today, uh, which, Hey, like you said too, like he was damn good at it in college and he's only had a couple of chances at the pros. Perhaps he you know, will take a few chances, but more serious candidates that I saw with Dante Pettis, who has a lot of experience doing it. Bayless Jones Jr., who was the second best punt returner in the nation in college last year was returning punts. And then Chris Finke uh, was also fielding a few of those as well. So for those that like special teams, and I know Nick and I have joked off and on as we're doing Countdown to Camp, like you mentioned a guy, 
And then you can talk about his kick return, punt return experience. There's so many players that have it, but those were like the main three slash four that I saw today. Yeah, and that's an area that they got to figure out because I, I think we talked about it yesterday. Jakeem Grant was kind of almost secretly, I think, the most efficient punt returner uh, in the NFL last year. So, like, that's that's a spot you got to figure out. They drafted somebody there who I think can do it in Bayless Jones. Um, but, yeah, I just – Eddie Jackson was so good at returning in college. I understand that, you know, he became your star safety and you had to pay him and you don't want him to get hurt. But at this point – with him struggling there the last couple of years, like why not get him in that rotation and have him as an option, perhaps if you need him uh, later on in the season. So I just like seeing that it's good to have multiple options at those positions and they need to be, uh, they need to be addressed. There was a lot of punt today was obviously a punt day uh, at training camp with the special teams. We saw some time uh, training Gil. Yeah. He looks the part Gil. Yeah. Well, I think that's probably why they, Cut the other guy, right? That they saw very on, like early on. Okay, you got the leg, and um, yeah, I he certainly looks like he can boom it when he needs to. Adam, did you know that Gill ranks ninth in all time in NCAA history with punt average throughout a career? Name the other eight. No, thank you. <laughs> I saw he was number nine, though. That's pretty good. I did not know that. I did not. Hey, Adam, we have a comment right here. Did Jack Sambor get any first team reps? I don't know if he did, but he did get an interception on Justin Fields, though. I don't know if you saw that, Adam, but I was right next to Zach Pierce, and he's like, hey, that's Sanborn. I'm like, oh, that's Adam's guy. He okay. got an interception. Was that the one that went off Mooney's hands? So, okay, that was the play after. So there was okay. a play that went at that, you know, went off his hands, but then then the interception happened. But it was in that same sequence. Of so those were two separate plays? Yeah, that's what I had in my notes. I had oh. an incompletion. And then, actually, before that, an interception. So, two different plays. As you could tell, we're not lying about our viewing today. Like it was not yeah. easy. We're trying to pee, and and you guys were smart, Nick. You moved over to that corner area a little bit faster than I did, and it was at least a little bit better. Although you couldn't see the uh, damn building was in the way. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Know. And I started over there, and I was like, oh, I can't see like some of the field, so I'm gonna go back to like where the main media was because no way they're gonna do 11 on 11 team drills that far away anyway. And then I move over there, and lo and behold, they move 110 yards away from me, and I felt left out, and I had to go back to the corner view. But lessons learned for tomorrow. But we'll see, like with actual you know fans in attendance, if they change that strategy a bit and give us something to actually look at. Yeah, I mean, come on, play to the fans. All the stands are in one. It's just whatever. Um, all right, we got some questions to get to, to close out the show from you. We'll try to make this a habit, too, as we go by. So Lawrence is in charge from this point on. Pop them up. We will hey, take a look. Okay, I'm in charge. Uh, Casey Shorey says, y'all get any good looks at Fields? No. Uh, no. No. Negative. No. Okay. No. Next uh, question. Jr. Mayberry. Did I hear they moved Kyler inside at nickel today for a few plays? Yes. 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 That is factual. Okay. Uh, this is actually the most important one. I was going to save this, but let's do it immediately from Outlander. Who were the ones twos and threes at three tech, Nick? This was your job. Remember, Ooh, no I got you tomorrow. I didn't. I, you didn't give me a deadline when this homework assignment was due, so oh, I got you tomorrow. Every day. I, 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 well, every damn every day. day. I got to monitor the twos and threes. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's some bullshit. I mean, it's three <laughs> names, right? Three names you got to come up with. 
Uh, well, I can tell Why? you that there Why? was behind no, Blackson, you would have Kairos Tonga was in there. Kind of, not as a three tech, but and the interior line, it's it's tough, guys. Yeah, no. Like, today was a tough day. No, now you so sound like I got less... you tomorrow in the pack. I got you tomorrow. No, this now is... you sound like Les Grobstein trying to explain a three technique. Now you're just making <laughs> yeah. stuff up. Okay, that's no good. All right, I uh, played on the fail. That's a fail. Let's, how about, uh, Oh, Riley is the uh, king of the uh, Shaw fan club. Shay, Shaw, whatever. What's his name? She's not going to make Shay, I think. Uh, okay, oh, Riley yeah. Barrett says, I know he's not a high-profile player right now, but did you see any plays or drills with Kevin Shea? No. He, he, I, he did, to... I did see him <laughs> I, because I was another person that caught a ball, and I was like, who? And I look at the number, I'm like, ah. Mm. But I don't think it was anything to write home about. I didn't jot it down, but that was one where I was like, Sha, no, Sha, Sha, 81. 81. Okay, uh, Eric Sullivan says, who got first team Sam reps? Probably the same guys that Nick followed for the three techs, is my guess. Yeah, come on, Nick, if you were out <laughs> oh, there. But... Okay, here's whoa, 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 whoa. my guess. Here's my guess, because you brought up uh, how Sanborn, Sanborn was in there. That yeah. must have been mm. Sam, because if Matt Adams moved over to play the will with Roquan out, then that would have been, that would have been Jack mm -hmm. Sanborn. Yeah, he said he was against field, so that makes sense. Cool. Uh, okay, here's one from Scott Garrison. What's the difference between Matt Nagy's view of preseason games versus Eberflus's view? I mean, do we really we don't really know yet, do we? Um, no, that's but fair. I like how you spelled Eberflus. Flus. Yeah, I'm not sure that's a fair question. Uh, <laughs> no, but here, uh, no, oh. that, that, but it's a good question. It is a good like, question. But here's the thing about this roster: like, how many guys qualify as? Uh, shouldn't play in preseason games because we're like you can almost name them on one hand. I feel like, I mean, Robert Quinn, I he's not gonna play. Um, Roquan Fun. Smith probably not gonna play. Uh, regardless of he's if he's on pop or not, like you're not gonna play him. I mean, I could see That's them it? being. I think the big question is like how careful are they with Justin Fields? Yeah. But I'm certainly gonna come from the standpoint of like I think you gotta get him out there and let him play a little bit. Remember that mistake they made with Mitch Trubisky right away where they were like, wasn't that year two Yeah, for him? Mm -hmm. Was that already Nagy's first year? Or was that Nagy's second year? I'm forgetting now where they were just like, yep, nope, Mitch is good. Doesn't even need to play anything. Yeah. How'd that, that work out? First year. Great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's tweak that question. Joseph D says, what are your guys' opinions on how practices look coaching-wise compared to last year? Now, that one, I feel like you've got enough information to maybe figure that one out. So at least for me, and I know Adam and Nick has been around a little bit more throughout OTAs than I was, but I did see and the buzzword with every player that went up to the podium was intensity, like playing with good intensity, practicing throughout it. I think I saw that today. Adam mentioned the offensive line was close to us here today, and they just did some walkthrough stuff with like blocking pads. And I've never heard so many grown men grunt when they're actually popping those pads in my whole life that I did here today. Usually they just kind of go through the motions, but you can tell like they had a, you know, an effort to make sure they're getting real solid contact throughout it. And so again, I, I did see some intensity today compared to what I have seen in some previous training camp practices, whether it be under Fox, whether it be under Nagy, uh, going even back to like Tressman era, like those were a little bit more laid back than what I saw here today. Uh, we'll see if that continues, but I would expect it to. Yep. Yeah, I, uh, I, I thought that that was an interesting observation because, and I think it speaks to how these practices are more intense because my reaction watching today's practice was it was generally boring uh, and slower 
but that's because I'm comparing it to what we saw during OTAs, right? And today's like sort of a ramp up day. So like compared to what we already seen in the OTAs, it was like to me a little bit lighter and a little bit slower, but you still put it in perspective to like what you saw in the past, which is how you're coming in and looking at it. Will it's, it was still more intense than yeah, perhaps was- how it, Yeah. So, I mean, I think that speaks to like how intense this is actually going to get when the pads go on and the ramp up period is over. There's just so many times over the last few head coaches where you would have three, four minutes of standing around doing nothing. And that did not happen today. It was drill to drill to drill to drill to drill until the final you know, horn blew and practice was over. There was not a lot of standing around by anybody. Okay, yeah, a couple more here. Park coaches oh. real quick. He was like, man, you see that, kids? See how everyone's running from that drill to that drill? Make note of that. I'm like, okay, yeah. I mean, obviously the intensity even on a ramp-up day is still there, and it's making note to the – to these younger players that were in attendance. Uh, Janeil Bear 200 says, are they still playing music? I didn't hear any. No music? No. Well, I thought there was a couple of songs that played maybe early on, but... It wasn't like bumping, bumping throughout all practice like I saw over the last few years, like over a PA, like super loud. And that was no, like, like with a DJ. That's yeah, a like it wasn't like that. They didn't know TAs though. They played music for sure. Yeah, I know. I've said, uh, you know what? We'll circle back on that tomorrow. I didn't okay. even think about that one way or the other. Uh, next, jailbreak. They don't allow a CHO drone? Crazy. I agree. <laughs> Where's the drone? They don't um, allow one that they, uh, they know, know about. about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Same Come on now, right jailbreak. Uh, how about uh, this last one here? When's Hogue growing a mustache from Never. Isaac Easter Day? Never. How about some sort of White Sox winning streak mustache? You would never have to grow it. They just win. Yeah, I was good. Okay. Okay. I'll agree to that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible team. Uh, Someone in the comments made made a point that Giolito gave up a leadoff dong today. So Mm. not good. Why did you have to tell me that? I didn't know that. I don't have the game on right now. I'm just in my happy CHGO Bears podcast land and. Now I got to hear about how Giolito gave up a dog. I mean, who, I, this was like 40 minutes ago. They could they could have seven runs for the, who knows, either <sighs> that course field. I enjoyed the um, game last night. There was actually some good defense for a minute. Let's end it with this from Javier Castro. It's not a question, just thanks, guys, for the training camp updates. I live in Texas. We barely get Bears content down here. Bear down. We appreciate you, Javier. We will be back every single weekday. We will have this type of coverage again tomorrow. So practice, same schedule, 10 o'clock. We'll get media access after that. And then we are back here at 2 o'clock to wrap up practice. Hopefully we'll have a better view and can bring a little bit more to the table from the uh, Justin Fields side of things. Yes. That'd be nice. Yep. All right, guys. Let's have a good uh, afternoon. All right. See you all tomorrow.